0: The State College Football Podcast with Nikos Walter and Nathan Grela presents Episode 14 How to review and heck of big picks against the Spirit. Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nikos Walter And I'm Nathan Grela. And here we are. And we are almost to the end of the season.
1: We are at the end of the season, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we've got one more game, and we will talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about some news from the world outside of football. Nathan, I'll let you cover this one, since it's Um, near and dear to your heart.
1: Very quickly, just something I saw on Twitter, Mr. Dinsmore, who is the gym teacher at State High, is no longer, or probably also the gym teacher, but no longer also the gym teacher. He is... Also, the head baseball coach for state high. So, congratulations to him. Uh, ever since our beginnings on this podcast, we've been talking about baseball for some reason. It's taken a brief break, but we just thought we'd mention that. And by right brief, ahead. I feel like we haven't. Have we talked about this since like the third episode? Um, it was like the fourth episode when the coach um resigned. So yeah, so it's been it a while. The, it was our first episode in our current location where that we recorded. Um, was the last time we talked about baseball. So.
0: Yeah. So it's a, it's been a while, but um, definitely relevant information. Uh, new head coach, stay high. That's cool. Hopefully he can have as much success as the last one. I mean, last coach had success. It was just stupid playoff stuff that prevented us from advancing.
1: Yep. Uh, we're not going to talk about that anymore because it's baseball, and who cares? We know the World Series is happening, but... Who cares? So, moving on to our picks against the spread from last week. Nick, you can lead us for this one. All right. So, um,
0: I did pretty darn well this week, but the first one I actually got wrong. So, uh, we've got Cumberland Valley at CD East, and the spread was negative 7, and boy was I wrong at this one. I said over. Nathan, being the smart one he is, said under with the win, and yes... Cumberland Valley came out with a big win, statement win, honestly probably their most impressive of the season, when they blew out Central Dauphin East 48-14, which is honestly something that I didn't think I would see, but... I guess Cumberland Valley is looking like the old Cumberland Valley for at least one game this season.
1: Cumberland Valley is an interesting team. We've really been dissing them for the last couple weeks saying they're terrible because uh, we saw the record and we're like, oh, they're not that good. But when you dive deeper into their actual team, you'll realize, oh, they actually, they're they're not terrible. They're actually competitive. So, yeah, they're not. We'll we'll talk about that later.
0: I wouldn't say that they're good. I would still refer to them as more mediocre. I think that's what we used last week to describe them. But they're definitely raising some eyebrows here. Um, They want a game. They want a game big. That changes a lot, but it doesn't really bump them up too much on my board. Next, we've got Central Dauphin at Chambersburg. Central Dauphin favored by negative 10 points. And both Nathan and I chose the over for this one. We didn't think that Chambersburg's defense could hold off central Dauphin despite the fact that central Dauphin doesn't have the best offense and most importantly Central Dauphin has quite possibly one of the best big one of the best defenses in the big 10 maybe second only to Harrisburg maybe better than Harrisburg but the point is Chambersburg offense is just not good enough to score enough points to make it a close game so um, and that, that that was true what we predicted was true uh, Central Dauphin ended up winning 35 to 14 and I don't think there's really much of a surprise there.
1: Yep, and moving on to the Catholic League, we got LaSalle College, 6 18 against Archbishop Wood, 5 Uh LaSalle College was favored by 6 points. Um, I don't know who made that spread. It's not a very good spread. I shouldn't have done negative 6 for that game. Um, but Archbishop Wood won in a 31-14 route, and I was right, and Nick was half right, even though there's no such thing as half right in the world of betting. So. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be six
0: points, um, but it turns out that Archbishop would won thirty one fourteen, So, kind of right, but not really right. Nathan was actually right.
1: Yep, and moving on into teams with significantly less pedigree, I would say. Uh, Mifflin yes. County at Greencast-Lantrum. Mifflin County was favored by six, and they won by 19. So, take that what you will.
0: And I picked Mifflin County for the over, correctly, and I picked it for the
1: under because I still am not going to pick against Mifflin County, but maybe that will change. Wink, wink, nod, nod. (laughs) Alright.
0: Then we've got Cedar Crest at Wilson, and both Nathan and I picked Wilson over 20 points, and this was a really close one. This was very close. In fact, they only won by 21 points, so both Nathan and I were barely correct. Sorry. (laughs) We gotta play it! No, we can't. It's too much. I'm sorry that we have to play this all the time. (laughs) Uh,
1: Come on, it's like our one callback every episode. So, Wilson, yep, they got the over of 20 points right on the margin. They won by 21. So, we just barely got that over over Cedar Chris. Yeah, yeah, Nathan and I were lucky
0: with that one. Um, Uh, But Wilson pulls out. They they work for us. Uh, Next up... and there it goes there it is finally
1: (laughs) Um, next we've got
0: Seneca Valley at Pine Richland Pine Richland favored by 28 points I boldly I might add picked the under I did not think that Pine Richland was going to put up 28 points because Seneca Valley is a decent team and somehow I was right because honestly I did not think I would be correct with this one I was walking away thinking that it was stupid but it was on record so I had to stick with it and Pine Richland only won by 14 points. They won 21-7, yeah. so that's might be the biggest surprise
1: yet. A little bit more of, with this game. Of, I would say State College is either on par or better than Seneca Valley this year. Um, so I think Seneca Valley might have figured out something to help them compete in this game because this was a relatively close game. Um, a four, two touchdowns against Pine Richland, that's the closest anyone's come all year, so... We know Pine Richland has a stellar offensive line. Uh, Seneca Valley must have done something, and we'll go back and look at the film. But they yeah. must have really done something. I re- to really, we're gonna really we're system. gonna have
0: to study that. And if State College wants to win, I think Seneca Valley, like Nathan said, might have the key to that game. Hopefully, we can learn from it. We have a couple weeks. If everything goes the way we think it will, before we have to play Pine Richland, so who knows? Um, this might make us much more competitive. I think it's a good sign for sure. Uh, next we've got Carlisle at Harrisburg. Harrisburg favored by 30 points. Um, I picked the over. Nathan picked the under. Harrisburg pulls out a huge win. Goes si- Puts up 64 points. Only allows 10 for Carlisle. Blowout. out. Um, really, Harrisburg as usual.
1: Carlisle is regressing to the mean, I think. Because we saw them uh, really play well early in the season. But they have really struggled lately. And... They, I think they're, them and Altoona are definitely two worst teams in the mid-pen this year. Um, you can make a case for Cumberland Valley, but we're probably going to break that case coming up soon. Uh, Altoona at State College, our game. We'll move right into it. The spread was 23 points, and we both picked the over, and we were both right. So, Final score, of
0: course, was 49-14. Um, I think a satisfying outcome. Not quite as high as some of us might have hoped for, but uh, it, it really was not a close game at any point. We had full control of that game. If we wanted to, we could have made the score a lot higher, but at the end we were kind of messing around. hate to say it, but it's somewhat true. Um, it's It was really a complete win by State College.
1: Offense, defense, special teams, everything was good. So I'm going to call out to the Weekly Planet. They do this every week. Nick, what do you think the story of the game was? That is that is really interesting. Um,
0: Man, I, I want to say... I, I hate to say it on Senior Night, because really, like, Senior Night should be about the seniors, but I think one of the biggest question marks we had going into this game was about Isaiah Edwards and what he was going to do after coming back from a two-week absence... And really, I think that question was answered in a resounding way. He yep. played very well. He complimented Dre Green just as we thought he would. And honestly, even though it was senior night, I want to say that's the story of the of the day. There were other really interesting parts of the game. Um, you had people being swapped around to positions they don't play too often to try to get them a little more playing time. That are seniors, since it was assumed that that would be the last home game. Now you saw Zach Betts at running back. Another interesting thing like things like that. But I think a lot of the questions came down to Isaiah Edwards.
1: Yeah, we we were sure that dre Green was really getting a lot better, but Isaiah Edwards coming back, we didn't, we didn't know cuz he he had limited reps earlier in the season. We didn't see him every down. Um this game I think he played the most at any game of the year really. Um and the state high running game, we now know for sure against any defense the running game will generate yards really. Um, because Central Dauphin has the best defense in the league. And the running game, Dre Green dominated that game. So the running game is not something you're going to have to worry about. The running game blocking isn't going to be something you're going to have to worry about later in the year. The exception. And, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, yeah. So running game on par. Um, we didn't see a lot out of the passing game. But for this offense, with this dynamic rushing attack, you don't really have to right now but yeah gosh. and obviously the glaring exception being
0: harrisburg but we're not going to talk about that right now because most likely we won't have to play them for a while uh if i remember correctly we
1: probably won't have to play them again yeah so
0: <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> i i i think we, we we wouldn't play them until we would have presumably beat pine richland is that correct
1: we wouldn't play them until the championship if we ever did play them. yeah
0: so, so no, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long ways off. Um, so we're not going to worry about that right now. But, yes, the Russian game has been great. It looked great against Central Dauphin. It looked even better against Altoona. No
1: surprises there. Yeah. The, the offensive line also played really well, I think. Um, Kobe Asendorf and Logan Lieb have learned their positions as if there's no notable difference. I think right now with Lieb at left tackle, it's better than it was during the season. And that's not to knock on James Pone. I just think he's a lot stronger than James was. And yeah. Tommy has more time now than against teams like Hollidaysburg and Mifflin County. So and I really especially
0: Especially trying to generate the uh, inside running game. I think that's definitely important. Uh, we might miss his athleticism on the outside for sure when you're trying to get those screens going, when you're trying to get those um those jet sweeps going, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, now that Isaiah Edwards is back trying trying to get pick up that inside running game, I think we've definitely seen it a big improvement over the last couple weeks, especially since the Harrisburg loss. Um we're we're seeing continual improvement. That's exactly what you want.
1: Yep. Uh defensive side, the defense was really, really good this game. Only one play over twenty yards. I went back and double checked this and I was like Wow, that is nice, and it was one long run, really, and that was it, so defense really stepped up, it was a fantastic effort um, against a pretty good offensive line, and a pretty good uh, running back tandem, and a pretty good quarterback tandem as well. Yeah, um, their,
0: their running back is pretty darn fast, and their quarterback isn't, uh, I don't know, I, I was not impressed by his throwing ability. But he's definitely mobile.
1: They definitely tried to t- test our secondary early in the game, and then they kind of shied away from it once it started to get uglier. Um, but the, the, beside that first drive of the game, Altoona offense was non-existent. So it was it was a great effort. Um, beside, the first drive was rough until they got the turnover on downs, and then from there it was just out of the starting gate, boom, State-high defense dominated the game. Only allowed Altoona in the red zone twice and once was on that um, first drive. So,
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you saw a lot of chaos in the backfield that our defense caused. Um, and in one instance, especially Nathan Lusk forced a fumble, and it was eventually recovered by the offense, but it was on third down and it was far behind the line of scrimmage. You really saw those dominant plays where we were asserting ourselves over their offensive line, over their quarterback, just making life really difficult for them. Um, it, it was just it was good. It was just good to play all around. I don't think we have much complaints about the defense.
1: Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was the game, really. Uh, Isaiah Edwards with three touchdowns, probably could have gotten four there at the end of the first half, uh, but we just didn't punch it in. Um, this game could have got uh, been a whole lot uglier if we just kept starters on the field. Uh, so, yeah, this game was pretty cut and dry—a blowout. Um, not much to say really. Our team was, or state college was, dynamic on all sides of the ball. So we're not going to talk about this game anymore because pretty basic. And we're going to get into some preview for Cumberland Valley. This is going to be an interesting episode because we got a lot to talk about not connected to State College. So. Yeah,
0: and we have a lot to talk about not connected <laughs> to Altoona versus State College.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, Cumberland Valley coming into this game. The last couple of weeks have been like, oh, Cumberland Valley, they're not that good. But, hey, they're starting to win a couple games. And they play just about the toughest out-of-conference schedule you can play ever. They started off against Bishop McDevitt in Central York, and they ended their out-of-conference with Coatesville. Like, how are you yeah. going to improve on on losses during the offseason against teams like that? So, And they paid for it with losses to all three of them. But since then, I mean, they, they lost their next three to Central Dauphin, Harrisburg, and Chambersburg, which arguably arguably are three of the top four teams in the mid-pen. Um, But since they lost those six in a row, they've gone 3-0 against lower-quality teams in the mid-pen, like Carlisle, Altoona, and then they just blew out CD East. So, how good do you think Cumberland Valley actually is? Are they a good team? Are they a bad team? Are they mediocre? Could this be a possible trap game? Because I could definitely see that.
0: Well, here's the thing. I think the improvement that we've seen in State College especially... Well, okay. Let let me let me actually answer your question first. I I certainly am much more impressed with Cumberland Valley after their last win. I think everybody is. Um, you don't really see Cumberland Valley putting up that many points, especially on an athletic team like Central Dauphin East. But I really stray against saying that they are back. You know, I don't want to say that Cumberland Valley is back because the fact of the matter is some of those games should be winnable, um, especially Chambersburg. I think should definitely have been a win for them. And, um, you know, you can say, well, you know, they're coming off of a lot of tough losses, and that definitely plays a role in it. But I think with the skill that Cullen Valley generally has, that should have been a win. So I don't want to say that they're back yet. But, yeah, they're definitely getting much better. I don't think they're going to beat State College because that's really what we're getting down to with this question.
1: It's not – I think this game will be competitive just because we're – we might go into it thinking we're gonna blow them out because they they went zero six, so they can't be good. So yeah, and this is Cumberland Valley's not a playoff team by any means, but they they still have a lot of core pieces from last year when they were one seed in District Three. So they were one seed above Central Dolphin above all the other teams, and it so against Central York again, even so.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think the danger with this game is State College underestimating Cumberland Valley because Cumberland Valley is the kind of team that they control the ball and they can make it really difficult to score simply for the fact that your offense is not on the field very long very similar to Central Dauphin Uh, I feel better about this game after watching Central Dauphin because they both play a very similar style but Central Dauphin is obviously worse than Cumberland Valley both of them are winning it in the trenches they control the ball you know, they kill you on these couple-yard rushing plays right up the middle. And I think after beating Central Dolphin in that way, I'd feel much better about this game. We've played the team. We know the system. Um, if everything goes right, we shouldn't have too much trouble with them. Yes, it'll be competitive, but I don't think it'll be necessarily within two scores.
1: Yeah, you said that the, the really our own worst enemy is ourselves. And we kind of saw that for... The Harrisburg game, especially, where our own worst enemy was ourselves underrating Harrisburg. I don't know why we underrated Harrisburg. Um, It seems dumb to me, seeing how they beat us the last two years. But we ended up doing that, and it it hurt us, definitely in the first half. So we can't do that with this team because I think this team still has a lot of those core pieces from last year. They may not have a lot of the same offensive line and defensive line depth that they had. Um, as last year. Um, they graduated a four-star athlete last year, so that's... They may not have the same talent, but they're still a dangerous team, and their quarterback's still very good. Um, Jared Plessinger, he comes back, the same dual-threat, strong-arm quarterback. He's always been. He's o- over a 1,000 yards. Uh, he He's a tough quarterback to, to face. He might be the best quarterback we play all year, and that's... Well... Beside Kane Everson, of course. Kane Everson <laughs> is the exception to everything that we say on this podcast. Like, this guy has the most sacks in the mid pit, you know, except for Kane Everson. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, they're the same. They're the, their offense is still very, very good, I'd say. And their defense can be hot and cold. So if their defense comes in hot, it's going to be interesting. So,
0: yeah, it's it. this is definitely going to be an exciting game. It's a shame that it's in Cumberland Valley. Um, I think this is kind of a rivalry game for us. In fact, I would consider kind of them our traditional rival as of recently. Um, I grew up hating Cumberland Valley just even more than, you know, Central Dauphin or Harrisburg or especially Altoona. Cumberland Valley was kind of the big game. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's a shame that more of our fans can't come out. I know that, you know, I've actually had a lot of people asking me whether it's a home game because there's definitely interest in watching it because, is a big game, you know. Even if Cumberland Valley doesn't look as competitive, you know the fans want to see this one. So hopefully, some of you guys can travel out with us. It's gonna be really awesome. It'll, I think it'll really set the tone for us going to playoffs. Um, you'd like to see a solid win there for sure.
1: Yeah, you blow out, you blow them out this game. You're a much different team because this team just blew out Central Dauphin East. You kept it close with you, so you at least show improvement. Because uh, uh, The defense, I think this is a much different team than Altoona. The defense has to be on their toes all night because unlike just about every team we played this year, this team will throw the ball. (laughs) They got three receivers with over 300 yards, and that's impressive. We haven't seen that all year. They got great receivers, and they got a quarterback that is willing and has the arm to throw it to them. And the secondary hasn't been tested all year. We saw it a little bit on the first drive against Altoona, we haven't seen it. That's the only time we've really seen it all year. Um, Harrisburg didn't throw the ball that much. When they did, it was good. Um,
0: and it was <laughs> the same thing with Central Dauphin. They were they were very specific and deliberate with their passes. But um, no uh, one's no
1: one's aerated it out on us yet. Yeah,
0: that's that's really yeah that's what we're trying to get at here. It's going to be interesting to see. I think our guys are up to the task. Um, hopefully, we can see Sammy Knight continuing to improve. We know Keaton Ellis is great. You know, we know Tom Buha is great. I think that we're definitely up to the challenge. It's just going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I'm glad in some ways that this is our game heading into playoffs and not necessarily the cupcake game that it was a couple weeks ago.
1: I think with the differences we see with all their losses and all their wins is all their losses are against teams with strong defensive lines. And all their wins are against teams that their offensive lines are kind of... Uh. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, the defensive line is... If they have a good game, this is going to be a very good game. Because if we get... Pro, their offensive line, not that great. So... We give them pressure; they're not gonna have time to throw the ball. This we limit, uh, most of their offense. Obviously, they got Jake Hart and Maximos Delano, who is sounds like a name from Star Wars, uh, but Delano's more of the slot back Cohen Russell guy. Jake Hart's more of the uh, Gus Dellinger um, fullbacky kind of guy. So we we've seen the defense. Step up against guys like that in the last few weeks, um, but it's all about those shifty guys, I guess. So, just create pressure, make them hand the ball off, and I think the defense will have a very good game. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, it's
0: it's gonna be interesting. I'll, we'll just we'll just put yeah. it that way. This
1: will either be. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. First, their defense. Um, every loss they had, the D gave up 29 points or more, and most of those coming in the 40s. There's only, like, one game with 29 points, and the rest were in high 30s, mid 40s. Um, and then every win, they gave up 14 points or less. So it's a hot and cold defense, but again, the teams they're playing in those three wins, <laughs> it's not hard to stop them at 14
0: yeah, I mean you're talking Altoona, you're talking CD East. The I I'm actually a little bit surprised they held CD East to fourteen. Um, but like I said, that that's really their renaissance was against CD East, so that that's kind of their signature win at this point. But Altoona, you know, and eh, Carlisle, and eh, you know, that that's not impressive, you know it really isn't
1: impressive this could easily be at Cumberland Valley they ain't playing for anything they That's just want to they That's just want to come up and spoil our party so and this game doesn't mean anything for us either but it's not positive when you go into the playoffs and you just lost to Cumberland Valley so take care it's always of your gonna make game make it tough yeah so uh, their secondary is might be the best secondary we've played all year really um it's much better i'd say than harrisburg secondary um something that it's going to be difficult passing against but they're hot and cold one game they're good and then other game they're losing 45 to nothing to harrisburg um their d line is barren there's nothing like (laughs) offensive line shouldn't have a problem with this game and if they do it's very worrisome because they they just don't have the same athletes and big, strong, muscular guys that they had last year. Yeah,
0: and I know we've been talking like, oh, you know, open up the playbook, all this and this and this, and I agree with that, but really, if we can establish the running game, if we can establish Dre Green and Isaiah Edwards hammering the ball, and you know they're going to make some big plays as well... Um, Really, if we can establish that as dominant and just rely on that throughout the game, I'd be very happy. You know, if we don't necessarily have to go to the passing game, I'd be happy. You know, you definitely want to see some receptions by Cone West on the slot. You want to maybe see a couple of deep balls just to keep them on their shoes. But if we can enforce our will in the running game without having to take those chances, that would be huge. Because one thing you don't want to do against a team like Cumberland Valley that controls the clock is lose the turnover battle. If we throw a couple interceptions, if we get some fumbles, you know every possession counts so much more against these teams. That's really something we can't afford to do.
1: And C D East also had a very good secondary, and Tommy Freiberg struggled in that first half. He threw what two interceptions against C D East. So this could be a very similar situation where he's got to make when he throws down throws downfield, he's got to make a good read on it and um, can't just throw it up there and trust his receivers sometimes because this is a very good secondary. Um, and they have definitely improved from last year. So, I think your key to the game, really... Although, yeah,
0: I would say he should feel more comfortable in the pocket during yes. this game. He's not. We don't expect him to really get threatened much. And if he does, the blocking should be good enough all around that he can scramble, maybe pick up a first down. Tommy Freiburg should have a very comfortable game. And... Hopefully that's enough to where he can make those big throws, you know. Yeah, he's he can... he's
1: gonna have all day, really, and cause there's nothing on their D line. One guy with, with two and a half sacks, and that's it. It's it's very empty there. So there there's not gonna generate a lot of pressure, but they're gonna have guys covered. So maybe this is a game where you see Isaiah Edwards and Dre Green just run all over them. and the offense but they've proved that with other teams so I think I, I just think the key to the game is on the defensive side of the ball the secondary can can batten down the hatches and play well against an air raid offense practically um, you should win this game easily because the offense is going to score points the offense is going to score 28-35 points in this game easy so <laughs> because they don't have a defensive line and you're talking about the state college offense yes yeah so it's either going to be a shootout or a State College blowout because we're going to score points. It just depends on if our secondary can stop them from scoring points to win the game.
0: What, is, what are the statistics like for Cumberland Valley's rushing attack this year? Because traditionally they're a wing T team that likes to run first. So honestly, it's, it's, it's a little surprising for many of our listeners, and including myself, when I was figuring this stuff out. That they are displaying much more of a passing attack because they're definitely a traditional running first
1: team. So, if you have some details on their running game, I'd be very interested to hear that as well. All right, so they have so Delano, who is also their slot receiver, has 655 yards. Uh, Hart has 414 yards, and they got plusinger He's more he's more dual threat. He's got 119 yards on 58 carries, and then their backup running back Madison has 57 carries for 153 yards. So Delano's more of the guy that can, he he's more of the shifty guy, can make stuff happen with the moves.
0: Yeah. Get the moves. <laughs> but not not really the extreme amount of rushing that you would normally see from Central or, excuse me, Cumberland Valley. That that's a little surprising. But for, you personally. look at their
1: you look at their receivers. You get Huffman with three hundred and thirty one yards on the year, Delano with two hundred seventy three yards on the year, Ramper with two hundred fifty eight yards on the year. So. They got, they got guys. The, Huffman has three touchdowns. So, Delano has, I guess, short range touchdowns as eight on the ground, um, and one in the air. So they they like to pass the ball. Um, they like, but when they get in that red zone, it, it they just ram, ram it down your throat, man. So, all right, so, Cumberland Valley. So. The last game of the year, it's been fun, but hopefully we can play five more. Or
0: Very true. six chill. more.
1: Yeah. So, before we talk about those picks against the spread, you might be thinking, it's a little early for picks against the spread. We're only 30 minutes into the podcast. What are they doing? Well, something happened in the world of Pennsylvania football this week that we thought we might like to talk about. So... North Allegheny, who is a perennial pretty good team, I would say. Um, West Allegheny is also a pretty good team in the 5A. They played each other in a kind of rivalry. But neither game really mattered. So, actually, West Allegheny is not a good team. (laughs) So, (laughs) scratch that out. Uh, (laughs) But that game, game didn't matter. North Allegheny... Still a pretty good team. So the game was on a running clock. Because it, in the whipple, the Whippeal goes by conference standings and not total record when they do the standings. So if you're playing a 5 team, game, it doesn't matter. All that matters is Pine Richland next week. So the running clock, the whole game. Clock doesn't stop. Just, and probably all backups in for North Allegheny. And they still beat them 26-23. But... Is it fair that games be played with a running clock? Because Pine Richland's probably looking at the game going, Hey, hey, whoa, 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 wait a second. (laughs) Because Pine Richland had to play Seneca Valley last week. It's like, who's coming in with a little bit more rest, I would say? Probably North Allegheny, and North Allegheny's at home. So Pine Richland, looking at the game like, Hold on, wait a second. So, is it fair? Uh, I'll ask you that.
0: (laughs) I just I'm not a fan. What is like? I didn't I didn't come here to watch a soccer game. I don't want to watch a running clock. You know what I mean? It. I mean not. And this isn't just from a traditionalist standpoint. You know, I'm not just saying this because oh you know the glorious rules of football and all that. That now that might be a little part of it, but really, I you gotta give teams the chance to make the upset. You know, I mean even if West Allegheny is not a powerhouse team. You know, even if there's not much of a chance that they win the game. You always got to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know? It's just, there has to be something there. And when you're playing with a running clock, you're saying the game doesn't matter, you know? That's just, I'm not a fan of that, you know? I I think every game should be played as if it matters. Um,
1: Well, West Allegheny's probably just trying to get it over with. Uh, North Allegheny's just trying not to hurt their players. I mean... It makes sense if Whipple is gonna do this stupid thing with conference standings. It makes sense that they would do that. Um, it makes sense, but I don't like it. Let's put it that way. It's like it's like Alabama playing whatever cupcake team they play before they play Auburn every year. It's like Alabama plays the Citadel this year the week before Auburn. Like, does the if the Citadel's 0 and 9 or no 0 11 or something. What does Alabama care? Alabama's just gonna play backups for that whole game. It's just a waste of time for both teams, really. So, yeah, it.
0: I. I, I still. I'm. I'm just. I don't like changing the rules of football just to make it convenient for a couple people.
1: I mean, at least, at least in college football, there's not districts and like, cause cause con. If if all that matters is conference standings for a playoff bracket, that's that's too, that's too stupid. You could play all three of your non-conference games and just, like, not even try. Like, we could... It didn't matter what we did against St. Augustine, basically, because they're not in our conference, and who cares? But we don't play like that. <laughs> so, like, say Pine Ridgeland played St. Augustine, that game doesn't matter at all.
0: And that's the other thing. I, I still... I also don't like the message that it gives the players. You know what I mean? I don't like the message that it gives to players on either team. You know, we we've worked towards this point in the season to be this great, and now we're gonna lower ourselves and pretend like this game doesn't matter. I don't think it gives a good, it produces a good attitude. It's just, it's stupid. I, I really I really dislike it a lot. Just play the game it was meant to be played. You know, play the football. If you don't want to lose by that much, get better. If you don't want to hurt your starters, don't play them and risk losing. These are the decisions that coaches and players have to make on a regular basis, and changing the game to make those more convenient shouldn't be a thing.
1: Yep. So, yeah, that was just our take on that, and before we jump into picks against the spread here, picks against the spread is going to be super mega picks against the spread, uh, it's gonna be the grand finale because we've made the decision that when the playoffs come, we're just gonna do straight pickums for every game, and we're not gonna do the spread. So we got like a <laughs> we got a lot of games to do, but we're not gonna start on that right now. We're just gonna go through the bra- bracket because we know some of you lesser educated folks probably do not know the. <laughs> the elegance of the PIAA Six A bracket. So we just thought it would we would explain it to you because uh, it don't make any sense. So for one side of the bracket, left side, we got District One and District Three. Not that hard. District One puts in sixteen teams, which I think is nuts because <laughs> you get like you get like a two and six team in there or something. So. But Coatesville is in that district. Um, Garnet Valley's in that district. Downingtowns are in that district. North Penn is in that district. North Penn and Coatesville are battling it out for the top seeds in that district, um, and that they'll all play each other out. And Coatesville will definitely wipe that slate. I would say, unless Garnet Valley or North Penn get the upset, but on the, on it. If you want to be a team right now, you want to be a team in District 3. Because you can get to the semifinals pretty easy. I mean, District 3 only has 8 teams, not 16. And then Harrisburg leads that right now. Um, And Central Dauphin's in there. Wilson's in there. Manheim Township's in there. Chambersburg making the playoffs if they don't lose this week. To Manheim Manheim Township, which is going to be a tall order for well that's where it stands right now uh yeah. that could definitely change if chambersburg wins they could be looking out to go ahead of red lion who's a six seed but you you can check all this stuff out i'll post this bracket somewhere because it's actually easier to read than all the jargon i had to read before making it so one side of the bracket's real easy district three district one other side of the bracket is a different story uh top side we got district 11 which is uh Philly schools, I believe. I'm just going to say that because I think it is. Um, Where you got Freedom and Parkland and uh, Emmaus. uh, More public schools there. And then the Catholic schools are in District 12. They play them. Basically, District 11, District 12 combined for 16 teams. And District 12 is the Catholic schools. So you got St. Joseph's in there. Um, And then you got George Washington in there. So so yeah district 11 district 12 play each other and then the fun starts because you got us this is the region of the bracket that's really fun because there's like one two three four five six districts and two in in 16 teams 16 teams of yeah it's fun (laughs) really state college is gonna play Mifflin county we eliminated Altoona, so we're going to play Mifflin County after Cumberland Valley. That's going to be a home game. That's been announced already. So, um, And then, we, after that, we play the winner of Erie McDowell, which are... Erie and McDowell. Erie and McDowell. Now, they're not one team, <laughs> unlike baseball. So, we play the winner of that game, and they play each other this week and then have a bye week. Uh, so we'll be facing one of those teams off of a bye week. And that's for District 6, 8, 10, which is our... Because there's only three teams in the district. You can't have a district championship, so they combine three districts. Even though one district doesn't have a team. And Erie and McDowell, are only two teams in District 10. So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why is District 8 in there? They don't even have a team, but whatever. So that if we win that game, we win our district. Um, and then we go to play the winners of District 4 and 2. Districts 4 and 2 only have four teams in their entire... In both. They have three teams in District 2 and one team in District 4. And that's Williamsport. (laughs) So, and that will probably be Delaware Valley because Scranton's terrible, Williamsport is hot and cold, and Hazleton is iffy. So, it'll probably be Delaware Valley. So, after last year playing Erie and Delaware Valley, first two games of the playoffs, it'll probably be the same. And then...
0: Of course, after (laughs) Mifflin County, which is basically a shoo-in for us. hate to say it, but that's kind of how we're treating it. Um,
1: Although Mifflin County has been playing better. We'll we'll see there.
0: Very true. We'll see. And then after that, um, down you have District 7, uh, which is a lot more substantial. This is where you get some of the big boys. Um, First of all, you've got um, Seneca Valley and Norwin, who then go on to play North Allegheny, who has a bye week. And then... Yeah, um, they, get,
1: they have a six-team playoff, so... Yeah. And they have nine teams in their district, so... <laughs> and then above... And then on the other side of the bracket of District
0: 7, you have Pine Richland, who has a bye week first week, and they play the lucky winner of Mount Lebanon versus Cannon McMillan. Oh, n- yeah, Cannon McMillan. Um, after that, it's almost certainly going to be um, Pine Richland and North Allegheny. Or Seneca Valley. Maybe we see Pine Richland Seneca Valley, and... Um, Maybe Seneca Valley can pull off a win there, and if they do, that would be really great because that would mean that we would presumably play Seneca Valley afterwards, which would be, I think, a vast improvement over playing Pine Richland, if only for the mental aspect. Um,
1: All right, listen. It North Allegheny and Pine Richland are so far ahead of every other team in my opinion in this in the um if you don't see Pine Richland in Seneca, or if you don't see Pine Richland North Allegheny in the District Seven Championship, that's going to be interesting because that means Seneca Valley. The only reason Seneca Valley would ever face us is if they pulled off two upsets because they're not as good as the other two teams. So if we play Seneca Valley, we are we would have gotten so lucky because the if North Allegheny beats Pine Richland because they those two teams haven't played yet. They're playing this week. If North Allegheny beats Pine Richland this week, it means Pine R- North Allegheny is really good, <laughs> and and they got two really good teams. And if, in that case, I would bet against North Allegheny, because Pine Richland is going to come out in that District 7 championship P.O.'d. <laughs> so, Seneca Valley, if they beat North Allegheny, that would be an upset. And if they beat Pine Richland, that would be an upset. And then they play us, which... Wouldn't mean they're really good, it would just mean they got lucky twice. Yeah. So
0: And then let's North
1: Allegheny beats Pine Richland, it's not them getting lucky, it's just them getting being better.
0: And then let's just let's just assume that we get even luckier and we beat Pine Richland, North Allegheny, Seneca Valley. (laughs) Then we have the privilege of playing the um District eleven, District twelve. So basically all the Catholic dudes um, that's where you've got your Saint Josephs, you got your Roman Catholic you got your LaSalle um, your
1: freedoms and your parklands
0: yeah it, it's gonna be that that is a tough tough side of your bracket I mean our side of the bracket is brutal we have to first play the championship of the whippeel and then after that if we can somehow beat them um we have to play basically the the winner of the Catholic leagues and with reigning champ Saint Joe's in there so it's it's really pretty brutal and then only after we beat both of those teams do we get to go to the playoffs, where we can face most likely either Coatesville or Harrisburg, whoever wins their game. Man, so it, has
1: such an easy road; it is it's not even a tough game. Look, Coatesville, all you have to do is beat Harrisburg, and they already did that first game of the year by forty plus points. So it's like, come on, how? Who? Look at their bracket; they got to play. North Penn is really their only true challenge I would say because North Penn plays Harrisburg I would pick North Penn all day Uh, North Penn's their best team in the state but
0: yeah so if you want to track an accurate representation of what Coatesville might possibly play um the the first they play CB East what the heck that's not a game um,
1: well this isn't the definite bracket. C B yeah, East can easily drop out yeah. this
0: week. <laughs> so as it stands, this is how easy the bracket is. Play C B East, then they play the winner of Downingtown East or Springford. Um let's just assume it's Downingtown East. They're the favorite team.
1: Although if they beat Downingtown East this week, Downingtown East drops because Springford is gonna win their game. So, so I don't think it'll be either of those two teams. So but, it, yeah, they got... And then they play Harry S. Truman or Downingtown West, probably. Then they play North Penn for District 1.
0: Yeah, North Penn is the only team that they're going to play on their side. And Coatesville is significantly better than um, North Penn. And like we keep saying, the only team that really has any chance of going against them is Harrisburg. Um, I would love to see Harrisburg beat Coatesville. It would be awesome. I think we have a better chance of beating Harrisburg than Coatesville. I think we learned a lot from our game against Harrisburg. I think it's possible we can beat them under different circumstances with Isaiah Edwards back, with Logan Lieb and um, Kobe Eisendorf playing better. I think we have a chance. I don't think we have much of a chance against Coatesville, frankly.
1: All right, so that's our review of the playoff bracket. Obviously, we'll have the official bracket next week. We just wanted to run down what it kind of looked like because – so it can get confusing like who are we playing after we play Mifflin County? Well, we're playing Erie or McDowell, one of those one of those teams. So Alright. So let's do get these picks against the spread. We got like uh fifteen of them. So uh, it's the super mega picks against the spread. First okay. off we got the State College Cumberland Valley game. State College favored by twenty three points. What is your pick?
0: Oh jeez. <laughs> this is twenty
1: three so- points is loaded, so
0: yeah, that's, that's a bit much. I I have to go with under, but I'm not going much under. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be... I, I think we're going to beat them by more than two touchdowns. I don't think we're going to beat them by 23 points.
1: So. I'm going to take a little risk here. I'm going to go the over because the running game has been really impressive, and Coatesville doesn't have much of a defensive line, so... That leads me to believe we're just going to run all over them. so.
0: You mean Cumberland Valley?
1: Yeah, not Coatesville. What?
0: We're talking too much about Coatesville, yeah. all
1: right? So, yeah, they're not much of a defensive line for the Eagles. So I'm going to go with the over just because the oh. offense is going to score points, definitely. It just depends on how our secondary plays. And our secondary has a four-star in it, so... I'm picking. I'm going with that. So, Next,
0: we've got an interesting one, Williamsport at Wyoming Valley West. And who knew at the beginning of the season with Williamsport's early success
1: <laughs> that they would be 13-point dogs against a 5A team. Oh my I mean, that is <laughs> terrible. For
0: that reason, I'm going to pick the under for some reason. Um, I, I still think Wyoming Valley going to win. I have very little faith in Williamsport. But I don't think they're going to win by
1: 13 points. Williamsport got blown out again this last week, so I'm going to go with the over, because Wyoming Valley West, they're not too good, but they're not terrible, so let's pick them. Don't know much about them, obviously. Uh, Downingtown East at Coatesville, the big rivalry game. Coatesville, 18-point favorites. Again, Downingtown East is fighting... Those playoff hopes, they're trying to get out of that bracket where Coatesville is. And if they win, they will. But Coatesville is battling North Penn for the one seed. So who is, who is it going to be? Because both, both of those teams are undefeated. So Who is it going to be?
0: I am picking Coatesville for the over. I think they show up big for this game. Make a statement. Uh, feel strong going into the playoffs. As much as I hate to say it, I feel like that's the most likely option.
1: Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. Um, but I think East will score points, but Coatesville is just too strong right now. All right, moving on. Chambersburg at Carlisle. Chambersburg twenty-one point favorites against Carlisle. Carlisle has nothing to play for. Chambersburg is fighting for that fourth or fifth seed.
0: I'm in going the district
1: three. Finals.
0: I'm going with the under for this one. I don't think Chambersburg's good. They've shown amazing improvement probably the most improved team from last year that we've seen the mid-pen, but I mean, I think they're going to win, but I don't think it's quite going to be 21 points. Carlisle will be able to hang with them for maybe a quarter or two, but what do you think?
1: Carlisle stinks. So, and they got nothing to play for. Chambersburg is playing for that a fourth or fifth seed to get out of... They just want a shot at Harrisburg again, I would say. Um... They are they're trying they're fighting for the seed. I wouldn't be I I wouldn't want to play Manheim Township. I'd rather play a Wilson or or someone. So I'd rather play Central York for sure. So I'm taking the over for this. Um Chambersburg has a dynamic offense and Carlisle is a mess right now. So
0: Alright, next we've got on. Central Dauphin favored by sixteen points at C D East. Interestingly, at CD East, even though CD East could place, also yeah. be at Cumberland Valley. <laughs> or, excuse me, Central Dauphin. So yeah. do they
1: both sit on the same side of the field? Like Central no, Dauphin? No, I think... Central I think... Dauphin fans have to go over there for one game and they're like, hey, they got Chick-fil-A over here. We should be away every game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so... Awkward silence. <laughs> All well, right. I'll,
0: I'll fill in the awkward silence by saying that Central Dauphin is easily going to win by more than 16 points. Central Dauphin East just got blown out by Cumberland Valley. Cumberland Valley is much worse than Central Dauphin. Easy logic right there.
1: Yeah, it's in CD East, again, nothing to play for, so easy over, I would say.
0: All right, next we've got West Perry favored by 10 points at Mifflin County.
1: West Perry, that 5A team. Um, West Perry's a good 5A team. Mifflin County is a pretty average 6 team. They've been bad. They've been good this year. I'm just going to say they're average. However, Mifflin County has played well the last two weeks. Against True. my wishes. Mifflin County, I'll cut you a deal. If I pick you for this game, you won't mess me up like you have the last couple weeks. Mifflin County, under and win. Write it down.
0: <laughs> wow. Sound the alarms, guys. Nathan just picked Mifflin County for the upset. That is... That is very big. Um, you know what? I have to... I, I just... I'm inspired by your statement. I'll I'll go with you on this one. Mifflin County for the win. Uh, Midpen Master Race. Just kidding, not really. But hopefully <laughs> Mifflin County can pull out a nice upset here. And by nice, I mean a 5A school. But... Hey, for MIFCO, that's an achievement, right? So...
1: Yes. <laughs> All right, next up again, Manheim Township Bad, Hemfield. Hemfield is fighting for a playoff spot near the end of the bracket for uh, Ch- District 3. Mannheim Township, they've pretty much got second seed wrapped up. They're favored by two touchdowns. Who are you going to pick? And they're on the road. So
0: Why don't you go first? I'm, I'm not really sure on this one yet. I'm
1: feeling Hemfield because Hemfield's just... Hemfield's battling for a playoff spot, and... I, I can totally see them getting it with that win. So, are you,
0: so you're saying they're, they're going to upset Manheim Township? I'm
1: not saying they're going to upset them, but I am saying they're going to give them a game. Give me the under. I I'll agree with you on that one as well. I like the under for that. And now we come to the most fun spread of the day. Harrisburg at Altoona. They're favored by 40 points against Altoona, who is coming off a... Of, uh, a 35-point loss against us, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. I'm definitely taking the over here. Oh my gosh, this is
0: like, <laughs> this is a crime. This spread is a crime. I, I just, it somehow I'm still having trouble figuring out what to pick. I mean, even though it's so outlandish, with any other two teams, pretty much, it would be ridiculously too high. And yet, for some reason... But, I... Jeez. I, I'm going to go with under. I know. Absolutely insane. I don't think Harrisburg is going to keep their starters in long enough to put it up 40 points.
1: I mean, they That's kept it. in their starters long enough to put up 62 points against... <laughs> against Carlisle, so... Ah. Uh,
0: okay. All right, you've persuaded me. I... Jeez. I, I... I might be eating my words on this, but... You're probably right. You're probably right.
1: Uh, Next, we've got Parkland at Emmaus. Emmaus is is a second seed in the District 11 bracket, and Parkland is a three seed in the District 11 bracket, but there's a big win-loss differential between these two teams. Parkland is, like, near 500, and Emmaus only has two losses. So, uh, Emmaus is favored by 13 at home on senior night. Going with them. Going with the over?
0: Going with the over. All right, I'm going to pick the under. Just because, like you Parkland has a lot to play for right now. Uh, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they will give them a game at least closer than 13.
1: So, there we go. All right, next up we got 5A Archbishop Brian, a perennial powerhouse in the 5A Catholic League, and St. Joe's, who is 31 points favorites against them. Who you got in this one?
0: Easy over. Easy over. I I think 31's just right in that sweet spot where it's a good enough pick for me. What about you?
1: Saint Joe's just beat Father Judge forty nine to fourteen or something like that. So yeah, I'm taking the over. <laughs> Saint Joe's okay. backups might be able to do this. So
0: Alright, next we've got Erie at McDowell. Classic rivalry. McDowell is favored by nine points. Who do you got?
1: Erie and McDowell. Oh man. The winner plays us in the playoffs. Um Erie has not does not have a good record. McDowell has a slightly better record. Um both of these teams are not very good. McDowell are nine point favorites. Gimme Erie, just for the fun of it. jeez, I, I was gonna, the win.
0: I was gonna say the same thing. I, I mean I feel like I feel like I'm agreeing with you on everything with this, but we're just we're just picking well, that's all. Um Finally, we've got Pine Richland favored by six points at North Allegheny. And I'll let you go man, first. Oh, man, what a matchup. I mean. This is
1: the game of the season in all of Pennsylvania. This is such a great matchup. Both teams are so hyped. Um, Pine Richland, of course. Uh, only lost being against IMG Academy. North Allegheny undefeated. So, I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, my gosh! I know what this, I'm is, pick.
0: this is just. Man, this, this is such a tough. This is such a toughie. Um,. Ah, oh, jeez. But I, I'm I'm going to stick with the over for Pine Richland. I want to say under with the win, but I, I just don't think that's accurate. I, I really don't. I, I really want to, but I can't.
1: I'm going to be like Lee Corso and say, Not so fast, my friend.
0: And you <laughs> because... know what? Before you even <laughs> said that, I typed under, comma, win in the in this sheet because I knew exactly what you were going to say
1: listen, Pine Richland only beat Seneca Valley by two touchdowns North Allegheny is not Seneca Valley North Allegheny has some sick all yellow uniforms and I am going with the Tigers give me that Tiger head
0: <laughs> I wish we had one actually, how do you know we don't Nathan could be wearing the Tiger helmet right now and you just don't know it what was that? oh yeah take it off now I gotta hear you
1: North Allegheny for the win.
0: <laughs> wow look at that that's that's just beautiful where'd you get that where'd you get that tiger
1: um parties are us wow <laughs> <laughs> pay less shoe source yeah all right so those are our picks against the spread the grand finale obviously next week we're just gonna do straight picks next week we will have our big Playoff preview where we got all sixty-four matchups or whatever, and we're gonna pick every single one, and we're gonna fill out our brackets right here and tell you who's our championship winner. It's and gonna we're be definitely gonna be wrong. It's so. gonna be
0: the grandest super ultra mega playoff bracket you'll ever see. Yes. And I would encourage you to print out a bracket that we will put on our website, and you can probably find other places as well, and go along with us and make your own picks, and maybe take a picture and email it to us, because that would be really neat and then we can do a, uh, some sort of contest or something. And if you win, I don't know. This is We're just figuring this out on air, but if you really want to win something random, like maybe a green shirt, kid shirt, or something like that, we might give you something if you email us your bracket and you do really well.
1: Yes, that is true. Um, yeah, so we will not do that. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll try to set something up. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we're doing the big mega preview next week, so go listen to it. I always... I'm starting to link the bracket underneath our podcast episodes. I did that last week, so this week, if you go down to the description, you can check out that bracket. Also, if you go down to that description, you can check out our website, which we don't use, or you can check out our westernpifootball.net Yeah, I said that right. westernpifootball.net um, articles that I write and some of the great pictures that Nick takes, which are on Facebook. Or we can just share you the folder if you'd like. Just email us. Uh, am I missing it? Oh, yeah. If you can contact us on Twitter at NathanRella or at NickHouse75. you can contact us on Gmail by those same names. Yeah. You can check out our Facebook page. I... There's some epic videos there. You can look up the starting bench warmer on YouTube, see some great hype videos, get you ready for playoff season. So, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm hyped I'm hype for the playoffs. I'm ready for it to start. I'm ready for this game to be over, for the playoffs to start. Um, I'm going to see Virginia Tech on Thursday. Hashtag be Georgia Tech. It's going to be awesome.
0: And then hopefully you'll be at the Cumberland Valley
1: game on Friday.
0: And I will definitely be at the Cumberland Valley game on Friday. If you see me, give me a shout-out. I'll take your picture maybe. Uh, In other words, this has been the State College Football Podcast. Go Little Lions.